You're listening to Duolig Unlocked, a podcast production series from the second year journalism students in aid of the Colossia Duolig College of Further Education and Colossia Duolig Post-Primary 50th Year's Anniversary Celebrations. Eight short different pods about the education hub that's literally on your doorstep. Colossia Duolig College of Further Education, your route to success. Special thanks to Mir FM. One of the problems, I guess, with education is that it can change slowly. We can be slow to adapt to these changes. All my best ideas are stolen. He said, footballers only care what you know when you know that you care. If YouTube has a series of videos that are better at teaching what I teach than I am, what is to be gained from making you guys come to a class? So for me, what's to be gained is this. That was Dave Curran, a journalism lecturer from Kalosh to Dulik. I sat down with Dave to explore some of the obstacles and challenges associated with the blending of technology and education. So what kind of technical uh, innovations have you seen since you started? Um, would you have started back in the chalk and talk days? or? So yeah, when I started it would have been 2001, uh, the month of 9-11 in fact. And back then... It wasn't chalk and talk, like, but it was the equivalent of it. So it was whiteboards, and if I got out the red marker, uh, the class were very entertained, and if I broke out a red, blue, black, uh, and green, I had their full attention. So, yeah, it was old-school stuff, albeit not quite chalk. And then, I suppose, when you've seen the, the rise of blended learning, um, there's an ability there to do it from remotely, from home. How do you find out? Do you welcome that in, or how have you found that maybe challenging, or what are the advantages of it? Yeah, I have a few feelings about blended learning. So... Absolutely, it's something we need to lean into as teachers. And one of the problems, I guess, with education is that it can change slowly. We can be slow to adapt to these changes. The positives to that are is that we we don't knee-jerk react to trends um, because learning and teaching and the core of those um, doesn't really change a whole lot over a period of time. To speak to use of tech... Um, in some ways it's really useful okay there is an ability like you say for me to give feedback to a student instantly and point exactly what I mean that's quite specific I was literally just doing before I walked in here so in terms of editing a student's work or giving instant feedback and for you to be able to see very quickly what it is that I mean that's really advantageous that said like education a huge part for me is about being in a room with other people one of the things that employers are constantly speaking about is younger graduates not having the soft communication-based skills when they go into the workplace. And that only happens in a classroom. That can't happen virtually. So I guess the key is can you get the blend correctly? So the two things you're trying to blend is sharing the same physical space, dealing with other human beings, and having a common physical experience. All right, That's one of the blends. The second blend is how we use technology, and there's a million different ways of doing that. But for me, with simple things like you're describing, like being able to work remotely occasionally, um, that's absolutely key. But it's how you blend and what you use. I guess it's like anything, to, to kind of bring the blend metaphor to its ultimate conclusion. If, if we're baking a cake or we're mixing something, it's all about having the right ingredients. The other thing is, and one of the reasons I'm slow to react, is sometimes something that might work for me might work for students, or sometimes something that a student like yourself might really engage in, other students mightn't. So I think in some ways we need to look at the sweet or the ingredients that improve people's education and make sure that we try and give as many elements of those to as many people as possible. And often with education, we rush into a technology without examining whether it works for everybody. Another question in my research for this interview, I came across the thing, I think you turned me on to it there, Bloom's Taxonomy. Yeah, so Bloom's Taxonomy, right, um, a taxonomy essentially, and there's all sorts of taxonomies, are just ways um, of measuring understanding. 
All right. So a taxonomy, say, for a language that you don't know is like, can you order a pizza would be at the lower level. Can you remember the days of the week might be at the lowest level. Can I get you to change it from ordering a pizza to ordering a taxi? You'd be slightly up the kind of higher up. And um, the very highest level would be maybe can you write in that language or sing in that language or whatever. So taxonomy is a way of measuring understanding and measuring teaching. One of the things you quite rightly say at this level that you see a lot of is that your, your three main grades, pass, merit, and distinction, are measured by where you fall on the taxonomic scale. And Blooms was the guy who invented this measuring tool. So to speak about it in broad brushstrokes, and I've only learned about this in the last three years myself, but it's totally changed how I teach. The bottom level is remembering. So the whole of the Leaving Cert syllabus, pretty much up to this point, and I know the Junior Cert is changing, is based upon your ability to remember. Then there's application. Can you apply what you remember? Yes. So if I get you, for example, to say like the top, say, 10 teams in the Premier League, that's a remembering thing, right? That's not an intelligence thing. It just means you can remember. If I then get you to apply that memory, so if I get you to say select the London teams versus the North of England teams, or I get you to put those in an order, or I get you to make an educated guess about how many fans they have, that's showing some understanding of how, say, that memory works, right? Then it's about critical thinking. And critical thinking, in its simplest terms, is thinking about thinking, okay? And increasingly see this as a tool that's needed in all sorts of workplaces. Can you do? Fine. Can you analyse what you've done? Fine. Can you analyse critically what you've done and therefore show how you might improve or the areas for improvement? That's the real critical thinking. That's the highest level stuff. If you can do that, you're at the higher level of blooms. And then the very highest is kind of what you're doing today. You're creating. So you are learning about journalism by being a journalist, and that's the creation. And even if you make mistakes here, right, let's say you record this video and you realise one angle was off or the sound was off or you forgot to answer an obvious question, what you will learn today is my, way more valuable than anything I can ever teach you in a lecture. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. The mistakes that you make now through creation, you will never forget. Mm -hmm. you, you will make that mistake and probably never make it again. But if I'm sitting in a class with you 12 months ago, talking about the importance of multiple camera angles, how much of attention have I got? Very little. So the highest level of Blooms is creation. The lowest is remembering and everything else is in between. And just, to, it's a slightly long answer, but I'll tell you it. A very good friend of mine, or a guy I know quite well, is one of the, the kind of more creative people in our days, a guy called Steve Dugan, right? He's really worth checking out. He's an illustrator. But in Steve Dugan's office, he literally has two computers. And one is called Consume, the Consume Wall. He literally has the word Consume up and the other is called Create. And Steve's success or not in his life is how much media does he consume and how much media does he create. And I think for all of us, non-journalists, non-media heads, we need to look at our relationship with the media and consumption and creation. And that's where I think as an educator, and we talk about blended learning, is am I creating new approaches or am I just consuming other people's suggestions? And I think I teach best when I'm trying to create. So often the class I come in that isn't that well organised, and I'm just trying to figure out how to go along is the one students tell me is best or the one I put back on you to do because I'm not quite ready for today. Students come up and say, oh, that was a great class, Dave. And I go, thanks, but it was all you guys. I suppose, yeah, just to kind of close with, do you see um, with the blended learning, uh, and let's say the, the, the zenith of the blended learning would be the class would be videotaped, to be on YouTube. Do you see that in the future? Maybe like you would have, like next year we have this uh, social media influencer and they could have like as part of their thing, they could have just to promote normal classes and put it on, out online. Um, and you could like monetize it, you can modify it, but you're teaching students, I suppose, real uh, industry experience in, in uh, social media campaigns, how to shoot things. 
but then it's actually going out online. Do you see that? Like, how far away do you kind of, or do you see that? Would you be comfortable with that? Like, let's say the likes of Jordan Peterson has all of his uh, lectures online. Um, yeah, that kind of, that, everything's um, recorded. And Very recently, I've done several high-level online courses um, where I'm watching some of the best lecturers in the world. One was a Harvard guy, right? Um, teaching the way he teaches in Harvard in five, six-minute videos. Um, and, you know... You look at the level at which he's operating and how he teaches in an extremely efficient way and how quickly I remotely learn and I despair because I think, Jesus Christ, I have students for like, say, two hours, 90 minutes of which it might be focused learning about politics. And I have learned more in this man from six minutes than I can teach in 90 minutes, right? So there is something to be said for that. And there is something to be said for your generation's likelihood to learn better from video content, right? Where that falls down is this. I learn really well from him. I don't need to ask him questions. I understand what it is, okay? I see how it works. And the MOOCs, right, the, the massive kind of open online courses are amazing. Some of the level of those is amazing. If YouTube has a series of videos that are better at teaching what I teach than I am, what is to be gained from making you guys come to a class, right? So for me, what's to be gained is this. I can communicate well face-to-face, -face, yes? I can deal with different personalities, generally face-to-face -face in a reasonably okay way. Right? These are the skills that employers are telling us consistently that students are leaving college without because too much of their time is being spent online. So it kind of returns to my earlier point. We need to see what elements of blended learning are best at teaching what to what types of students. So, for example, what might work really well for a journalism student who are generally thoughtful, introspective self-starters and good researchers might be absolutely useless to an engineering student, right? Or a computer analytics student or a drama student. Should a drama student do a distance course? Absolutely not. Should a, you know, a computer engineer do a course where they don't get their hands on computers and shipboards and all that stuff? Absolutely not. The key is getting the blend correct. And the problem for education is, is that we don't often enough take a step back and say what works for me and what works for my students. And that's all back to Blooms because there is no template that can work for everybody. It just doesn't. This guy, this Harvard guy that I watched blew my mind and changed how I taught because I realised I over-teach. I don't give you space into which you bring your intellectual experience. I'm not good at it. You know this. You've sat in enough of my classes. I don't stop enough and say, have you got that? Or I even ask that question. How many people who, when I ask the question, if you got that, are comfortable saying no? That's where online is great. Because if I create an online space to ask a question, right? So it's how we do the blend. And to be entirely truthful, I'm still figuring that out as I go along. And maybe by the time I get to grips with the blend that works, the way we deliver blends will have changed and I'll still be a step behind. But it's, it's understanding what works and what doesn't, evidentially or empirically proven, um, and then going with the blend that works, bearing in mind that all different types of learners and student groups learn in different ways. And tutors are good at delivering some stuff better than others in different ways. There's a lot of moving parts there that it's very hard to get it right. That's brilliant, Dave. Um, that's it for me. I think ended yesterday uh, said, always given the option, to, is there anything else you'd like to add regarding education and tech? But I think we've... Uh, Can I add one thing that yeah, I heard please, yesterday? please do, yeah. All my best ideas are stolen. Somebody was on, I think it was off the ball AM, talking about the new, some new footballer or hurling manager um, in Ireland. They were saying that, you know, footballers, it was footballers. He said, footballers only care what you know when you know that you care. And one of the absolute keys, and I would regard as one of our strengths in institution and one of my strengths in individual, is that I care about my students, right? You can't get that over the internet. You can't get that virtually. It's not to the same extent. 
in an institution like this, a community college, our job, I think, a huge part of it is to let students know we care about their success. And I think when we invest in other people as, as people, that's when we get the best from them, even with their students. My best students like me, and it's, it works as a result of that, and I like them. Um, so if I was to add something that's a slightly, you know, a left step, but kind of does speak to this, you can't deliver that with technology. That has to be done face-to-face like we are now, it just has to be. Well, that was certainly very interesting there from Dave Curran. This interview was brought to you in conjunction with the 50-year anniversary of Collage to Doolig. You're listening to Doolig Unlocked, a podcast production series from the second-year journalism students in aid of the Collage to Doolig College of Further Education and Collage to Doolig Post-Primary 50th Year's Anniversary Celebrations. Special thanks to Mir FM.